This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon, where every Sunday you can get all of this all over again. Uh, if you give it that five or $10 a month level, the $10 a month level also gets you a sticker every month because you become a member of the says who sticker club, patreon.com slash says who books. Oh my gosh. Books. Actually, Dan, I have a live, my first public appearance this weekend. Hey, hey, hey. I'm going to be, if you're near Delaware, Maryland, that area, I should That's actually, an area. Look, I'm going to look to see where I'm going to be. I mean, the address, I know where I'm going to be. It's just that, you know, I have to remember what, where Cecil County Library, Maryland, the yep. Northeast branch. I'm still, I'm doing this from memory. I'm still pulling it up. Hold on, you guys. This is about books. Just remember that. Hang on. Books. Hold on. So Cecil County, Maryland. The Northeast. So long to take this. God damn it. Here we go. Cecil County Library in Maryland, the Northeast branch on Saturday, June 11th. I will be there. There is a special Q&A with me. You can just hang out from 130 to 2.30. I will be there before that. Just come hang out. Every kid and teen that comes gets a voucher for a free book. Damn. Yeah. They also have snow cones and face painting. Well, come because, on now. Because it's a library festival. Yeah. So you can look like a tiger. It says can, library like face painting. If you have a teen with you, if you can, I don't know, be like, I'm a kid. I'm five years old. Then you get a voucher for a free book. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd really like to see you, especially if you're, you know, University of Delaware people. Where you at? Come on you're, over. You're alum. You're first, an alum. First time since March 2020. I did a sort of non-public appearance this weekend. I'll get to it. But like, yes, come on out, please. If you're down there, for the love of God, come see me and poke me with a stick, books. And if you can't do that, or if you just like buying books on the internet, why not go to kickbezosintheballs.org, where you, you, you can get books sent to you over the internet without funding a piece of shit's uh, reign of terror over our lives. Kick Bezos in the balls.org. And hey, you know what? If you're buying stuff on the internet, why not mosey on over to merch.sezupodcast.com where you can outfit yourself this summer with says who merchandise like shirts and shorts and other not the things. Shorts. Not those goddamn shorts. Not They're those. Great. Oh my God. Those shorts. I'm going to only wear those shorts this summer. Jesus Christ. Merch.sezupodcast.com. Hey, Dan, 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 where yep. are you at? I'm right here. I hear you, but I don't see you. Yep. Where are you at? Uh, I'm, uh, you got to look down, no. Maureen. Wait. Down here. Wait. Un what are you doing down there? Why are you under your desk? I'm in a little bit of pain. It's okay. Let's do it. Is it? Is it? Are you okay? Hey, we're great. Are it's gonna we? It's going to be fine. Yeah. Is it? Everything's, everything's amazing. <sighs> Just one more day in the wood chipper. doesn't even matter that you're on the floor. I'm still doing it. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's funny every time. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson. How are you coping? 
I'm on the floor, Maureen. Yeah, I need to describe what I'm looking at. And I think he just posted a picture of it. But Dan looks like he's in his bunker for the end times. Like he's on the ground. He's got a pillow under his head. Yep. He's got headphones on. He looks like he's burrowed in somewhere. The headphones were a bad choice. Yeah. Because they they are like over the ear headphones, which requires my head to be held in an odd position. And he's holding a microphone over his head like he is. Like he is broadcasting from some kind of hostage situation. (laughs) (laughs) Ow, it hurts to laugh. Don't laugh. I woke up yesterday. Actually, it wasn't even. I went to bed Sunday night. We're recording this on Tuesday. uh, And Sunday night, by Sunday night, my back was hurting. And I don't really know why. Like, I I I cannot point to any one thing that kind of threw my back out. But my back was clearly going. And uh, then I woke up yesterday and it hurt a bunch, Um, but not fully debilitating. And then by the end of the day last night, Maureen, it was it was terrifically painful. A large amount of that, I think, had to do with the fact that yesterday went off the rails fast and long. Why don't you just look? We're here for you, Dan. This is a coping strategy. What happened yesterday, Dan? What happened? The best thing about this is I cannot actually look at the screen. Yeah, you're looking up like you're in therapy. <laughs> you look like you're on a therapy that, couch. At, that's yeah. because of the headphones that I'm wearing. If so to he's, look at the screen means I yeah, have to lay on top of it. the headphone, and that is very uncomfortable. So I'm like, your job, Dan, why don't you talk to me? What happened yesterday? I'm not Dan? entirely sure how I'm going to follow the notes when we you're get to the notes follow. part. You're not going to follow. It's okay. We're going to get there. I'll We're help gonna you. Get there. So in addition to my back being gone, yesterday we had an appointment to bring our car into the shop, um, largely because we are uh, heading out. Two weeks, we will be hitting the road. And uh, so we need to have the car looked at. There were a couple of things that seemed relatively small. Of course, they were not relatively small. It is a small fortune to get it all fixed. And um, they needed to keep it overnight because there was one part that they needed that they weren't going to get until today. Um, normally we don't go anywhere, Maureen. Normally that would be fine. Right. Um, but the six-year-old is starting swim lessons for the next two weeks. Um, because he is, uh, you know, it does, does it sound weird when I say S's? I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, you're fine, Dan. I I feel like I'm, (laughs) I'm sort of, uh, lisping a little bit. And I think that's because I'm laying on my side. You're all right, Dan. Um, all right. So he's starting swim lessons and uh, which is awesome and exciting and great. But uh, they are a little bit further from our house. Not a lot further, but a little bit further than you would want to walk with a small child. Um, And they need to keep the car overnight. And so uh, Janice, who I will also point out, had been dealing all day with some remote parental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, feel so it? A, a very high, yes, I think you could probably relate and a very high stress day for her. Um, so, and she was going, because my back was out, she was going to be the one taking the, the little one to, uh, to swim lessons. So I'm like, they got to keep the car. It's okay. They said they could get us a loaner. So uh, I hobble over. So first of all, I drove the car over in the morning and then I kind of hobbled back home. The car, the auto shop is like three blocks from our house. It's very, very close. Um, And so then I hobbled over and I got the loaner and the loaner. It was not a it was not in good shape, I would say. Uh, It was a it was 
it was clearly a car that maybe had been abandoned at some point by, you know, and they fixed it up and turned it into a loaner. It was not a great car, but, you know, didn't have to go far. Uh, so I hobbled over, got the loaner, drove it back. Um, at that point, my back was starting to hurt a, a, a quite a bit more. And uh, so Janice drove the loaner to the swim lesson. And when she came out from the swim lesson, it was in the parking lot with a flat tire. <laughs> Of course, uh, the auto shop had closed by that point. Um, so I'm like, uh, I guess ask the school security if we can keep it overnight, you know, uh, there overnight. And I left a voicemail for the auto shop. But in the meantime, they had closed not that long before. So I was like, I will hobble over and see if anyone is still there. You bang so on I, the window, put your little face in yeah. your little beardy so I face. Sort of, Let I me sort in. of sprint, sprint hobbled over and, uh, and over the, like a summer Santa Claus. Yeah. And no one was there and then got back. And by that point I had fully fucked my back. And, uh, it is, it was excruciatingly painful by the end of the night last night, but it is, it is doing better today. But, Normally, when I record, we I stand up and I think doing an hour standing to record and then the, you know, kind of two hours or so it takes to edit uh, also standing was probably going to be too much standing. So I'm set up here on the floor. Dan, you I'm need here to go. For you. you need to go to the doctor. <laughs> no, I'm good. It's, I know you don't I, have a. Maybe you didn't have a car. That yeah, was one we of don't the have a car. There's right, no way for okay. me to get to the doctor right, right. now. Okay. Last night, if the pain threshold had been what it was last night, today I would have needed to figure out a way to get to urgent care. Um, but I can tell that it is diminishing. Like mm. it is, it is. Thankfully, seems to be not a truly debilitating uh, back injury. But uh, but it's there. Yeah, I mean, now you have your hand under your head like you're like doing like one of those 40 swimsuit poses. It's really. Well, that's because I wanted to try and see the screen a little right. bit more. The funny thing is, is I still can't see you because um, oh, I have a split screen going on and uh, I can only see your right arm. Yeah. Now, that you one. see me waving it? Yep. So, but I can see the notes. How are you, though? Because I know you have not exactly been uh, having an easy time either. I, you know what? I'm fine, Dad. It's fine. I don't believe you. You know, this is not the least stressful time I've ever been through, but it's not the most either. Well, I think the last, <laughs> maybe the one I just went what, through was up. two weeks up. ago. I mean, that was, I'm still, that's still kind of continuing. Like that situation yeah, didn't I bet. just go away. Yeah. So I still deal with it every day and I'm still two weeks behind and now I'm editing the book. Yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night. I just, it was one of those things where you... It, it starts happening in the dream. In the mm, dream, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to throw up. And then I woke up with shakes all over. And I was like, oh, I'm actually going to go throw up. I better get oh, out of no. here. So I don't wake up Oscar. So I popped out of bed. And I was like, that's weird. Because that's not, doesn't, that never happens to me. That's yeah. not really a thing. Except when I had to drink that disgusting juice. And then I was like, it only happens if some outside force acts upon me. Right. Um. So I took one of those anti-nausea tablets. And then I kind of just sat. It went away. I just sat here drinking ginger ale and reading about famous Scientologists on the internet for about two hours just because I couldn't get back to sleep. Anyway, you know, I feel like waking up in the middle of the night with a bolt of something that is either anxiety or the desire to throw up all over the place is is a, like a, is a fair reaction to the times. Yeah. So I yeah. don't even think that's illness. I will say 
I took a COVID test today just to, you know. Yeah. And but I take them. Go. I take them regularly anyway, because I went I went to a convention this weekend, Dan. Oh, well, that sounds nice. I had a very if you heard the bonus episode, you know, I have a very long day on Saturday where I did a lot of stuff. You did. Including go to a convention for the first time and speak on a panel. And I had a mask on and one other person had a mask on the other author, another author who happens to be an emergency room doctor. And we were the only ones. Mm, perfect. The only ones. Perfect. So I was in a indoor space with it was big enough that if it was airy, but like it was yeah. absolutely nobody was masking. And then I had kind of a crazy day with Oscar's birthday and all the kinds of stuff. And I ended up walking, according to my wristwatch, uh, twenty thousand steps. There you go. So I was pretty tired at the end of it. I just feel exhausted all the time this couple weeks, Dan. Oh, I, I, I can't imagine why. You had just, such an easy run of it. It just, no, I don't want, it, it's fine. It's I mean, all just it's fine, not. but it just always feel a little terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But I Dan, do. I feel a little terrible. Uh, but but you, I will say, so the most concerning thing for me yesterday, in addition to the fact that I was in a great deal of pain, I was running a very low fever. Okay, like Dan. 99.3, I am usually rock solid uh, normal, you know? And so it was like, well, this is weird. And I think it must have been my body just being in so much pain that it popped a fever because um, today the pain is less and I no longer have a fever. So maybe you should. Good. I think you should follow up with a doctor on this one. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, my back has gone out on me for a long time you know it's a rare occurrence uh this one yesterday was a little more painful than normal and also wasn't connected to anything but today feels like a normal back day like so uh the medical people listening to this i think are all gonna say in one voice just you should go to the doctor get that checked out make sure that probably yeah i think so dan because you you were not in good shape, and right now you are laying on the floor holding a microphone above your head. I mean, and you're like, and this is the good this is the good time. Well, this is more a self preservation mechanism. I could be standing and recording, but then I would listen need to, to yourself. Stand and edit. Listen to yourself, Dan. And at go to the that doctor. point, I think it would probably I would reach a pain threshold that I wouldn't like anymore. You guys, you're you you're listening to this, right? He's got. To go to <laughs> what am I going to do? It's fine, Maureen. It's fine. This is what I do now. I grab people and I take them to the doctor. I'm like, you, come on, get in the fucking car. We're going to the doctor. <laughs> you I know need how to, turn to have on, a good time. I need to turn on a fan. Hot. Sorry. I had to switch hands so I could scroll the notes. Wow. I'm dedicated, Maureen. It's the thing about me. Oh, I'm stretching my legs now. Ah, oh, boy. Feels good. Feels good. It's kind of comfy. Maureen Johnson. Mm-hmm. There's been some news this week. Now, there has been a lot of news in the area of your expertise, United Kingdom. We are going to get to that in just a little bit. But first, we're going to run through uh, what's been happening on our side of the pond, because there's been a whole bunch of January 6th related stuff, including the fact that tomorrow, meaning Thursday, the day that after this episode comes out, the January 6th committee is finally holding its first public hearing. When is that? It will be at 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. 
It's there our will Watergate, be more. Watergate summer iced tea. Everybody get your yeah. iced tea. Water, Watergate summer like it's 1973. <laughs> I like that iced tea is uh, is absolutely ingrained in this with you. I really do have a fixation for like working and doing stuff in the summer with a glass of iced tea. It is like a real, it is the crucial link yeah. to something in my brain that brings a lot of joy and means summer. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm inside, I got my feet up, I'm reading a book, you know, I'm listening to some music. Yeah. It's all dappled and shit outside. Dappled. Mm-hmm. Dappled. You heard me. I like it. I like a good dapple. Uh, yeah, so this coming Thursday, this will be the first of what is believed to be eight hearings. Most of them will not be on primetime. Um, these are going to be carried by all of the major networks. Fox News is not carrying them. They are going to, yeah, they are going to counter-program with Tucker Carlson, as one would expect. Um, not all of the uh, the ones that follow, they have yet to release a schedule, which seems a little strange, but, you know, whatever. Um, there will be eight. Not all of them are prime time. Then there's going to be one in September. I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe because that's pretty close to the election, and that's kind of what they're thinking. Here's my thing, Maureen. When the Republicans take the House this November, because they most likely will, Day one of their Hunter Biden hearings are going is going to be televised. They're not going to wait a year. I want for you to say shit. that one more time, Dan. <clears throat> that this November, what is going to happen to us? Oh, the Republicans will take the House and likely the Senate, and they are going to just hold hearing after hearing after hearing, and it will all be televised. They will Why is all be bullshit. Shitbags always get things done. That's yeah. the trouble. The shitbags are always on the move. Yes. There's always more shitbagging to do. Why? It, the, the Democrats just feel like a bag, like a big saggy bag of hamsters sometimes. Like they just. Yeah, not, I'm nothing. not even sure they're alive in that bag. Uh, it may come as a shock to you. But the bipartisan meetings on gun control uh, seem to have uh, stalled out. Bag of hamsters. Yeah. The the January 6th thing is so... I just want to reiterate. A bunch of MAGA people stormed the capital of the United States. Yep. Invaded the capital. Mm-hmm. Had there was gun, the people died. There were gunshots. People pooped. They went through the paperwork. They sat yep. in the they sat in the Senate chamber, and as I say to you a lot in DMs, they were going to kill Mike Pence. They in were fact. Go- they were going to kill Mike Pence, and that's one of the things to discuss this week, because Maggie Haberman at the New York Times, Maureen, reported this week, and I'm quoting here. The day before a mob of President Donald J. Trump supporters stormed the Capitol on January 6, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence's chief of staff called Mr. Pence's lead Secret Service agent to his West Wing office. The chief of staff, Mark Short, had a message for the agent, Tim Geibels. 
the president was going to turn publicly against the vice president, and there could be a security risk to Mr. Pence because of it. Dan. January just, 5th, Maureen. Just go on. Just You have to keep the going on this. The chief of staff of Mike Pence calls Mike Pence's head of security to say, the president is going to turn against the vice president. You should probably know because they are going to kill Mike Pence. How did they find out? Uh, that's a little bit unclear. But uh, I will say the other excerpt from this article that I pulled. A day after Mr. Short's warning, more than 2,000 people, some chanting, hang Mike Pence, stormed the Capitol as the vice president was overseeing the certification of Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s, he's junior? I didn't even know that, president, uh, victory. Outside, angry Trump supporters had erected a mock gallows after Mr. Pence was hustled to safety. Mike, Mark Meadows, the white, I, I am reading sideways. Yeah, he's on the having ground, a heart. Do you want way. me to do it? No, I'm almost there. Mark Meadows, the White House chief of staff, reported to have told colleagues that Mr. Trump said, that perhaps Mr. Pence should have been hanged. Okay. So read that last one really slowly. I'm going to read it back. After Mr. Pence was hustled to safety. Now remember, Mike Pence is running around the Capitol, around the back bowels of the, like a a little rat. He's running around and he knows, he knows that the president, okay, I just, I'm going to read the rest of it. Mark Meadows, the White House chief of staff, is reported to have told colleagues that, let's really cl- say this clearly, Mr. Trump said that perhaps Mr. Pence should have been hanged. Yeah. Mike Pence. They were going to kill Mike Pence. Oh, they were yeah. going to kill that guy. <laughs> they were going to kill that guy. And I don't like that guy. No. And I, it's just that I can't for my own personal reasons of morality say that anybody like I can't you know I just want it the the enormity of it is that the president was like (laughs) maybe we should kill this guy hey those those guys storming the capitol chanting hang Mike Pence they might be onto something imagine being Mike no this is a terrible thing but imagine being Mike Pence and realizing that you've hitched your wagon to this particular star knowing that this guy is a bag of shit. Yeah. He has turned on you and you're running around the bowels of the building and you know that that guy is totally down with the mob outside. <laughs> like the goddamn siege of Versailles is totally down with killing you. Yeah. And you have to escape like you're in a, a fucking like what? <sighs> In fact, he James didn't escape. Patterson. They hunkered down. They, there, there has still never been any revela- revealing of where they hid Mike Pence. And part of that was because there was a lot of pressure from the White House to get Mike Pence out of the Capitol. And he knew that if he was taken out of the Capitol, he would not get back in. Meaning, like, like where do you think he thought they were going to take him? Well, I mean, I whether they were going to take him hostage or something is a little bit unclear, but essentially he knew that his job was to 
certify to ratify the electoral college votes, right? And that if he left the premises, getting back onto the premises would be very difficult. That and they he would, would never make it difficult for him. And, and he then, would never be able to certify. Yeah, he wouldn't be there to certify it. But like, but were they going to throw him in a trunk? Was he going to be like a kind of? Uh, I'm having trouble with names today, Dan, because my brain is so full. Sure. I've really had trouble with names today. I refused to get out of bed this morning because I was up half the night and I refused to because I was having a dream about those Guy Fox masked people and I couldn't get I was not going to get out of bed <laughs> until I remembered the title of V for Vendetta. Anyway. Okay. The guy, the, the union leader that disappeared and they think he's in concrete. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. Thank you. I'm really having trouble. My brain. I think my brain is a little broken. Honestly, I think that that makes sense. I, I'm not, it's so full. I am actually having memory problems because I have so many kind of dodgeballs. You guys, yeah. thanks for putting up with me. Anyway, they were going to kill Mike Pence. They, <laughs> they were going to kill that guy. Then I no. let me tell, they were going to kill that guy. <laughs> they were going to kill that guy. And here we are. It is a year and a half later. They fucking stormed the Capitol. They built a gallows. They were going to kill Mike Pence. They were yeah. going to kill the vice president. And dick all has happened. Nothing, 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 nothing has happened. Well, this week there have been a couple of of little things that have happened. So one one is former White House advisor Peter Navarro was indicted on two counts of contempt of Congress by the Department of Justice. Whoopee. He now joins Steve Bannon as actually being indicted for uh, refusing to testify or turn over documents. The Department of Justice at the same time announced that they would not pursue those charge those same charges against Mark Meadows and Dan Scavino. So it seems that if you were an advisor, you might be fucked. But if you were actually on staff, they aren't going to go after you. Navarro was a trade advisor to Donald Trump, but mostly he seemed to specialize in being batshit on Fox News. Uh, he was arrested at at home and went on Tucker Carlson actually just last night to narrate the terrible treatment he had. Quote, next thing I know, I'm in leg irons, handcuffs and strip searched, Navarro said. People do not want to sit in solitary confinement in leg irons. I was denied food, denied water, denied an attorney. This is what we live in. Yeah, it's called the prison industrial complex. Get fucked. Well, also, that was a whole lot of things to happen to him, considering that he was released the same day he was arrested. Yeah, it's, he makes it sound like he was put in the fucking Iron Maiden. Yeah, like that they like they dumped him in a hole, never to come back again. No, he was there for a couple of hours. Uh, and also the thing that about him being denied an attorney is after he was released, again, on the same day, he told reporters that assembled that he did not, quote, want to be dragged down into the muck of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of my retirement savings on a lawyer. And so he was going to be representing himself going forward. Yes. That's always the I mean, come on. Give me. Nothing give me. beats it. Right in my veins. Nothing beats it. If you are fucking batshit and want to want to defend yourself, do it. Have at it. Unless you're like an innocent person, in which case, get a lawyer. But otherwise, yes. if you're one of these dudes, go f- absolutely shine on you, crazy diamond. Do it. Oh yeah. Do it. Do it. 
And also this week, a federal indictment charged five members of the Proud Boys, including Enrique Tarrio, its former leader with seditious conspiracy. They joined Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the Oath Keepers, and 10 members of that group who were charged with the same crime a little bit earlier uh, this year. So there is a little bit of movement. But Dan, it turns out you can storm the Capitol. You can poop in the Senate and shoot and people can die and you can try to kill Mike Pence. Yep. And basically nothing will happen to you. It's true. Because you know what? Yeah. Dan, I think part of the reason I feel like I do is the deep, dawning realization of exactly, of of just really clocking where we're at. Yeah. You mean fucked? I mean, yep, no, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's like the last two weeks were so stressful that like you feel it afterwards because you're in the you're in the storm. And what we are feeling now is like Trump and like all this stuff. Trump didn't come out of nowhere. And Trump isn't just one person. He is a phenomena that is it's he's just a face on a phenomena. Yeah. That has always been around. But now it's like it's like a big boil that's come up. And now we're actually dealing with. You can invade the Capitol, try to kill Mike Pence, and nothing will happen. It's and in true. November, we're uh, the the Republicans are going to, and you can shoot people all the time, and nothing yeah. will happen, and nothing mm-hmm. will happen, and nothing yeah. will happen, and nothing will happen, and nothing will happen because nothing will happen because the only thing that will work at this point is direct action. It's true. Well, on a on an up note, Maureen, Daily Beast reporter. Zach Patrizo has been following the dregs of the U.S. truck convoy movement that never these, really materialized into these anything. These poor bastards. And this weekend, he posted a very important update. Quote, members of the failed People's Convoy, now the 1776 Restoration Movement, were told that locals, this is locals outside in Maryland, outside of uh, D.C., Locals would donate a hundred foot long subway sandwich for their encampment. But it turns out it was all a hoax as convoy members now claim that quote Antifa extremists were behind the sandwich scam. Dan, I'm hundred feet. That's a big sandwich. Just to give you a sense. That's a big sandwich. Of what a hundred foot long sandwich. A Boeing 737 is 100 feet long. That's a big sandwich. Three school buses end to end is 100 feet long. Big sandwich, Dan. The biggest recorded blue whale ever is 98 feet long. That's Two feet big, shy of a 100 foot sandwich. Such a big sandwich. It's a real big sandwich. According to his second tweet, there are only about 20 people involved in that. So the idea that someone was going to somehow bake them and deliver them hmm. an absurdly long sandwich so that 20 people could eat for like a week on it, I guess. 20, that's a lot, debt. 20 people? All right, let's think about this. A big Philly hoagie. That's five feet of sandwich per person. Right, okay, so a Philly hoagie, a big one, is like the foot long. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I get the shorty, generally. Sure. Which is the four inch or the six inch, depending. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hungry. I get the six inch. Yeah. I mean, uh, somebody real hungry. Could you do a foot long? I've done a foot long. 
especially Subway, which is fairly, uh, you know, fairly small hoagie style sandwich. Would you uh, say I've that done a foot long? How long does it take you to do a foot long? Is that a day? No, I mean, I've certainly I've certainly consumed a foot long in in a in a sitting. OK, but uh, that's when I'm I'm real hungry or I want to feel extra full. Right. The I would say I have not eaten at Subway for a long time. But uh, my default subway would be a six inch and a bag of chips. Mm. Dan, just going back on this because it is, it's a uh, what if you've never seen Schoolhouse Rock, you know, if if you have if you're too young for it, you've probably maybe heard the reference to it. Go and look up some America Rock or Schoolhouse Rock history rock. Uh, I certainly knew it as a child. Um, they make these, there's these little song cartoons about history. Some of them now, when you watch them are who they are something else. They do not hold up. Well, <laughs> multiplication rock is great. Um, I would love to see a schoolhouse rock about the hundred foot long sandwich host for the 1776 restoration movement convoy. Who was, I mean, so in, where was it that they were supposed to get their sandwich? I believe that they have been, um, basically camping in the parking lot of a speedway uh, mm-hmm. quite a quite a distance in Maryland, quite a distance away from the D.C. Beltway. OK, well, if you're there, 1776 Restoration Movement, I will be in Maryland this weekend at the hey, Cecil County uh, Book Festival. Uh, Maybe you could library. swing by with a 200 foot sandwich. Yeah, just come on by. I That's it. If you're listening, 1776 Restoration Movement, come on by Cecil County Public Library, Northeast Branch, this Saturday. I will have your 100-foot sandwich. Who do you think actually, do you think it was like some teenager called somebody in this? And I say this with with total respect. This is something your your oldest child would do. Totally. He ate this, uh, he literally ate this news story up. I mean, when it came out this weekend, fantastic. He kept talking about it all day. He would get this kind of grin on his face. I mean, it's great. I and I say that with so much respect. This is absolutely something your oldest child yeah. would do. He would yeah. call these dummies and be like, "Hey, guess what? I'm gonna get you a hundred foot sandwich." Hope you're hungry. <laughs> Come on over. We'll make you a hundred foot sandwich. These bastards. They're in a parking lot somewhere. Remember when they used to just drive around and hold up traffic? Yep. Man, it's. Dan, it's just happening. It's been happening, but it's really happening, and we're in it. Ken Burns should be making a, a movie about right now. <laughs> Dear Martha, we're in the park. We're in the parking. Put some banjo music under this. Here we go. <laughs> Dear Martha, well, the 1776 restoration movement, as we are now known, is parked in the speedway. We were promised a hundred foot sandwich, but no sandwich materialized. We are very sad. We may have to resort to eating these yogurts we found. Anyway, I miss you. Text me or something. I don't know. LOL. Your loving husband. Ficus. I could have done better. It's just I'm still thinking about these. These dummies are still thinking they're getting. But Dan. Yeah. Dan. Just when All you of this think, news pales in comparison to the UK. Hit me with some do 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 oh, do. Yeah. You know what? It has been a real one for <laughs> UK friends. Two things. 
things happened over the last four to five days yep. that were... Well, let's get to the official one. The one everybody knew was going to happen. It was the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, 70 years on the throne. And as we discussed, it's a weird benchmark. Yeah. 70 is just an arbitrary number here. But they treated it like it was like the end of days. Yeah. Because I think not to be, you know, I think they're kind of treating it like it's the end of days. You know what I mean? Like they're, she is 96 years old. Yeah. And she had COVID and it has knocked her down quite a bit but uh the platinum jubilee like you know my english family they like we my husband was talking to her to his relatives early because they had jubilee There's, it's like a big people have street parties and picnics yeah. like and bunting it's like you go out and you drink sparkling elderflower and have champagne and strawberries and little sandwiches and dance around and it's all like look hey if you want to have a party for it knock yourself out but there were a lot of events dan Oh, I'm yeah. looking on the official page from the government. There were 3,673 public wow. events and 3,848 street parties or private events shared so far on the map. Wow. Some of the events included the Queen's Birthday Parade, Trooping the Color, the Platinum Jubilee Pageant, the BBC Platinum Party at the Palace, the Kazoo Derby at Epsom Downs, where oh, Her Majesty the Queen, accompanied by members of the royal family, will attend the Derby at Epsom Downs. Uh, it just goes on and on. The VNA, St. Paul's Imperial War Museum. Uh, just sing God Save the Queen for Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee. The Royal Albert Hall Jubilee Concert. I mean, sure. it just went on and yeah. on. Beacon lightings, hog roast, Imperial War Museum, community picnics, Jubilee exhibition. Like, it was fucking everywhere. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And yeah. she she got tired during some of it because she's 96 and yeah. she didn't go to everything because. No. They did. They did have a good fix for that. I saw footage of one of the parades where they brought out this golden uh, carriage, mm-hmm. horse drawn carriage, which apparently has not been used since I think the 50th. Which is a normal number to celebrate. The first Jubilee for Elizabeth was was the 25th, and then they did the 50th, and then they clearly just started hedging, because they were like, she's dropping at some point, why not have another party? 70 is not a number you celebrate, but anyway, point being, uh, they had a giant golden carriage in this Mm -hmm. parade, and inside the golden carriage waving out was a projection of Queen Elizabeth waving. They had a Queen Elizabeth hologram driving inside a carriage, waving out at people. Do you? I hate going out so much. Do you know how much I would love if I could just stay at home in pajamas and send a hologram? Yeah, it would be nice, right? Do you like going out? No, not particularly. I have really discovered it's just it's it's the worst. I get it. Stay at home, Queen Elizabeth. It sucks out there. And obviously, uh, Prince Prince uh, Andrew, who is in a little bit of hot water. Yep. Conveniently seemed to have gotten COVID. Well, that's handy. And couldn't show up for a bunch of stuff. They were like, Andrew, we want you to do a quick tour of some hospitals. You're not allowed to wear a mask. People want to see that wonderful British grin of yours. There was also a lot of controversy about Prince Harry and Meghan being there, what events they would be allowed to do and what and who was. Apparently, my mother has gotten because re- she is a staunch defender of Harry and Meghan. I don't my mother okay. has really 
she is like those fucking people, what they, I don't know why I think it's because of her friend that's really into royalty, but she is like those fucking people, those racists. Yeah. He spoke up for his mother. He spoke up for his wife and his children and she spoke up and God bless him and fuck those people. <laughs> I don't know why but she is like, God Go damn off, Maureen's mom. God damn it. Harry and Megan. You do you proud of you for leaving these people and going somewhere else. So and, were and they there? I tried to not pay any attention to. They any were of there, it. but only for some of it. Okay. So the way they worked out the fact that Harry and Meghan correctly called out the shitty treatment and the racism in the family is they no longer do royal duties, and also the fact that their other other son is a sexless is a sex offender. Uh, so no working royals appeared on the balcony. There was like shit like that. It was all very like who's standing where. Wait, whose other son is a sex offender? Andrew. But whose son? Oh, so, right. Oh, right. The queen's son is a sex offender. Right. And, and the then queen, Charles. And then Char- the Harry and whatever the other guy is. They're Charles's kids. Right. So right. queen's there. Charles is there. William and Kate are there. Got it. And Got I think it. they're one other, uh, the other son that no one can ever remember. Not Andrew. Pietro. Uh, Edward. Is it Edward? Oh, I, I can never know. remember. The Who one knows? that used to work in the theater. Anyway, that's all. So pageantry, bunting, cakes, just cakes for miles down. Such good cakes. I bet the cakes were great. Oh, I could absolutely murder. I bet when there I, would be some good cakes. When I went to visit, my mother-in-law makes the goddamn best meringues in the world. Mm. You get there, she cracks out that tin of homemade meringues. That's you haven't time. lived until you've lived when you visited your English family, and they make you a cup of tea and some. There's some fresh strawberries and a home baked meringue that she has in a tin. The thing is, Maureen, I feel like British food is unfairly maligned. It's delicious. I love British food. It used to be kind of terrible, and it has it is now delicious. Home food, I think, was always good, and. It was like cooking, like the cooking in, like really in the 70s and 80s, it was really bad. And then like in the 90s, they just like totally got their act together. And now it's like so great. Man, I like British food. This is a thing that I saw. Again, I tried to not pay a lot of attention to the Jubilee. But I have a question about this one. Okay. They uh, held a concert outside Uh the gates of Mm -hmm. Buckingham Palace. And it seemed to include a lot of performances from uh, West End Theater. Mm -hmm. One of which, the one I saw, the one that I raised an eyebrow at, Mm. was performances Maureen Johnson outside Buckingham Palace to celebrate the monarchy. Performances from Hamilton. Mm -hmm. A play famously... Mm about America giving the British monarchy the finger. Mm-hmm. Guns and ships, Dan, guns and ships. I feel like they could have thought that one through a little more. Dan, <laughs> I got nothing. They projected her face <laughs> through the ages on Stonehenge. Yeah, you know. I mean, what? No, I. but Dan, let's not get distracted. While this... This party and the buntings and the cakes. Oh, my mother-in-law also just spectacular cakes. Just, oh, I bet. She is a cracking good cook, man. Like you go there and she is, she is, they plan everything to the letter. 
because my father-in-law is uh was in the was in the Royal Navy for many years. They're a military family. He was a, he was a commander, and they do everything to the letter. And every menu and every ingredient has been planned out. So like when you get there, like we are having lunch at one, we are having dinner. We'll be sitting down at seven. Like it's oh, all, and then they good. they roll out. They have this this little hostess cart that keeps everything warm, and she puts all the the casseroles in there. And I'm telling you, it's nuts. Did you notice that I've rolled to my back? Now? I did. I did. Yeah. You you look like you're back in therapy. It's nice now. Well, while Just this staring was, up at the lights. Well, because <laughs> you're to you. you're gonna want it. While this party's going on with the cake, I'm really f- obsessed with the cake. Yeah, because you know they were good. Oh, you know they were great. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK, we've I'm talked familiar. a little bit about before about something called Partygate which was an investigation into the fact that while everything was totally locked down in the UK and you absolutely could not have people over or have gatherings, he was having gatherings constantly, constantly. They were barfing on the wall. Someone barfed on a copier. Like it was con- like, it was like wine and cheese Fridays and someone broke a swing set. Like it was, they were coming into the Downing street with, with literally suitcases full of booze. Yeah. This resulted in a police investigation that was like off and on and off. And this thing called, so finally they released this, this thing called the Sue Gray report, which was the report into what the fuck happened. And it found that the prime minister broke the law over and over and over and over and over again, for which he has been fined. I don't know, two pounds or something. I I think it might've been 50 pounds per incident. So it could have been like 200. It's he was fined. A, a hilarious, a yeah. hilariously low sum. Anyway, the report came out, and the way it works is that in the UK, you do not vote as we do here for, say, a person. You don't vote for a, you don't vote for the prime minister. You vote for a party, right? And the party that wins the majority, the prime minister is the head of their party. So, Boris Johnson is the head of the Conservative Party, which means that the Conservative Party can boot him if they hold what is called a vote of no confidence. So the other morning, was it yesterday? I don't know it what day yesterday. it is. Yeah, it was I, Monday. I, Dan, I spent a full half hour today trying to figure out what day it was. Oh, anyway, I get it. They surprise announce Monday morning Oscar, as I was waking up, I was, I, he's always looking at his phone. He wakes up really early and he stares at his phone and it's not yeah. great, but you know, and I looked and I was, what's going on? They're like, they're having a vote of no confidence today. Finally. Whoa. They got their shit together and sprung on him the fact that they were going to have this thing called a vote of no confidence, which means basically it's like the equivalent of throwing out the president yeah. if the vote goes through. And they said, and we're having it tonight at 6 p.m. Yeah. So people suddenly, had barely even put their Jubilee cakes in the fridge. Yeah. It was still Monday morning. Everyone yeah. wakes up and they're like, what? There's going to be a vote of no confidence in the prime minister tonight. Well, that's what happened, Dan. Uh, and he was told about it a few days before. He was told while the Jubilee celebrations were going on. So now they're going back and looking at all this footage of the event that he went to right after he, they knew he was told right before this particular okay. event. And they were looking in to see what he looked like at this event. So let, let me guess. He looked disheveled. 
Yeah. And uh, kind of out of it. Boris Johnson looks like a sausage casing full of farts and champagne. He's just this (laughs) kind of bloated, weird, triple mess. It's a cultivated look of, I don't have to give a fuck. Right. He always looks really disheveled. His hair sticks up because he doesn't have to. He has never in his life had to give a fuck. Right. There's a special kind of privilege in England that looks a little messy because they've never had to give a fuck and they show it. Right. So a vote was held. It was a secret vote. So they didn't actually know what people were going to do. Some people publicly said they were going one way or another. But the thing is, they didn't actually have to stick to that. Okay. Well, what happened was when the vote was announced, he remains in power. 211 conservative MPs backed him in the vote, the secret okay. vote. But 148 voted to remove him. That's a lot. Which is a lot. It is dangerously close to the number that would have been required to remove him. And it's more than the number that voted against Theresa May when a similar vote was held against her about, it was about three years ago. Okay. Which means that he knows that about a third of people that he is the party that he runs are knives out for him. So how many did they need? It to was make it he just needed a majority. So it was like 170 something. It was. Oh, wow. So it, really it was, close. Yeah, it was really close. Um, He got enough. But I think when Theresa May had a similar vote, it was like 133 against her. And he. And so this is more that again tomorrow. No, or? they can't do it again for a year. Oh, OK. But all the bets, the like the pundits that tend to be right about shit, yeah, feel like he is going to be out of office by the fall. Wow. He may call something called a snap election, which means that they're just gonna have an they're gonna have an election. They can call it. Oh yeah, he did that once once before, not that long ago. Which means that, you know, if you have an election and you win again, it means you have a mandate from the people. Right. I don't really understand the process or like not the process, but the thinking about I I get it, but I don't get it. Yeah. It seems like craziness to me, but there is a prediction that there might be very soon a snap election. See, they don't do it. They don't drag it out for 20 years like we do here. That just happens. They're like, we're having an election. Everybody scramble. Yeah. So people are angry. I mean, he partied. Everyone is like, he's a lying sack of shit. Yeah. The food costs, the fuel costs are through the roof in the UK. Yeah. I mean, it is bad. The situation is is a mess. Anyway, he survived the vote, but this is not the last you're going to hear of this. Yeah, it seems like uh it seems like a real thing. Especially because parliament is like you could, in theory, get sort of a labor and anti-Boris Johnson coalition. conservative coalition, right? Sure. Yeah. That's what's always been very interesting to me about parliamentary politics is how you get these sort of shared bedfellows situations uh, that suddenly can upend the power structure. Yeah, they can. They kind of parties kind of merge and reform and they're so it's not they don't have just two yeah they have more than two which seems like a really good idea yeah it's not a bad idea it's not that they're doing well i'm just saying that overall the idea of having 
more than one party would probably help. Yeah, definitely. Damn, they were going to kill Mike Pence. They were, in fact, going to kill Mike Pence. And the president kind of thought they should. Yeah, he was like, you know what? Me and my best friend, the pillow guy, think you should probably kill the vice president. Yeah, yeah. Damn, Trump was president. That happened. Oh, yeah. I know we don't have to think about him every day anymore. Well, soon enough, he'll declare for 24. Anyway, says who? Are you, you're, Dan, it, this is a coping strategy and listen to you. Well, I mean, we're not coping by denying reality. <laughs> the man is going to run for president. I believe our compound has to be near a body of water, a stream, a pond, a lake, something like that. Ah, that sounds great. It's very peaceful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did spend two hours this week and going, should we move out of the city? Does this suck? Is this terrible? It is. All right. Yeah, you should. I sent you a link to a poster uh, of a Brooklyn pizza joint that you could buy, and then you could hang that in your country home. And then it would be like you're there. Says who is brought to you. You could burn your pizza joint candle underneath it. I mean, it is a good idea. Yeah. Then you've got all the New York charm you need. If you want, when you live in the country, you could not get a garbage can. Just pile your trash up outside. Then it's like you never left. Says who is brought to you by you. I don't usually do this part, Dan. You read this part very slowly. It's because I'm actually looking at a graph of Tory leadership challenges compared. (laughs) Good. Says who is made possible by you. I rotated so I can see the notes again. It was made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon, where most every Sunday you get a whole nother episode of says who you get me and Maureen. Can I, I'm just going to read you a little bit from this chart from the BBC. Okay. So various votes of no confidence. This is not uncommon thing. So, for example, there was one against Margaret Thatcher in November 1990. 41% of of her party voted against her. That wasn't enough to make her stand down, but she was persuaded to stand down after two days. Theresa May had 37% against her, 63% for her. She resigned six months later. Okay. Uh, John Major had one. He just he got sixty six percent for him, and he lost the general election two years later. So Boris Johnson has fifty nine percent for him and forty one percent against him. Seems not great. They're going to throw him out. They're going to throw it. him out. I love it. He's Go just on. he is so perfectly prepared to be thrown because he will stand up and dust himself off and look exactly the same, look the same as he looked before he was thrown. He always looks like he's just come from a rager, a very yeah, he, expensive yeah, rager. Or like he just fell down a flight of stairs. Yeah. it's He always looks like it's 4 a.m. and he's still awake. Yeah. He's had, he's had one of those, what do they call it, the Nebuchadnezzars of champagne those giant giant ass <laughs> bottles he's been in a party with one of those nebuchadnezzars where they have to have a special device that that tilts it yeah it's, it's you know what i'm talking about these bottles yeah. are like five giant, feet high yeah they're like i always kind of assumed they were novelties no they're real they're novelties for very rich people they're novelties for rich people i've seen one 
in someone's house and the description of the party that they were at and they got to keep the Nebuchadnezzar. Wow. It's a it's, good name. Yeah. I think the Nebuchadnezzar is the biggest one. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y at Says Who Podcast dot com. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And if you want to join the fan run discord, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash Says Who Discord. Spread the word, subscribe, please do leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen. You can join us next Wednesday. I do not have the ability to flip through my calendar to tell you the date, but it is next Wednesday for our very next episode. And from my basement floor in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. Dan, please go to the doctor. I'm fine. You're not fine, Dan. I mean, I'm okay. I'm Maureen Johnson, trying to persuade Dan to go to the doctor. And this has been Says Who. Go to the doctor. I'm I'm not going to, well, one, we don't have a car yet. But uh, tomorrow, if my back progresses in the manner, uh, tomorrow should be pretty normal day. They were going to kill Mike Pence. Yeah, that man was a dead man walking for a while there. I'm not sure that that threat's over. He loves Garfield. Does he? Mike Pence does. Yes. What? Well, because Jim Davis is from Indiana. So you're and, just throwing uh, this at me now? Yeah, there there are pictures of Mike Pence's governor's office in um in Indiana when he was governor of Indiana, and it is just filled with Garfield memorabilia. I can't believe you're throwing this at me now, this late in the game. Hey, you know, just seemed like you needed it. He hates Mondays. Oh, yeah. Loves lasagna. This has been Says Who.